Hello, everyone, and welcome to Running the 615 Podcast. This is your host, Drew Jones. For most of this past year, I have been planning and researching what it takes to start a podcast. Well, it is safe to say that there is a lot more that goes into it than I had initially anticipated. But thankfully, that is all in the past, and I am very excited now that this podcast is live and ready for your listening pleasure. Because this is episode one, I would like to take a few minutes and talk about what you can expect from running the 615 podcast. Obviously, as the title implies, we are going to talk a lot about running and the city of Nashville. We will also spend some time talking about music and life. I do realize that life is a pretty broad topic, but listing it as a category of this podcast gives myself and the guest a green light to basically talk about whatever we want. So there you go. Anyone who knows me knows that running is a big part of my life. I have worked in the running industry for over 10 years. Most all of my close friends are runners, and ever since I moved to Nashville over 20 years ago, I have been running in this city four or five days a week. A few months ago, my friend Scott Bell and I were talking, and he asked me what my dream job would be. I thought about it for a few seconds, and then I said, I basically already have it. Working for Brooks Running is awesome. I'm super thankful for it, and it's a perfect fit for me and my personality. After we talked a little bit more, I thought more about it, and I said, if I could do anything else, I would love to host my own talk show. And that is when the idea for this podcast first began. I've always enjoyed talking to people my entire life. And for completely selfish reasons, this podcast is going to give me a platform to do just that. I've met so many wonderful people in the Nashville running community over the years, and what I'm most excited about is giving each guest a chance to tell their story and then share it with all of you. My goal is to record every episode via an in-person interview here in Nashville. There's going to be a new episode posted on the first Monday of each month, and occasionally there will be two episodes posted on the first Monday of each month. I do have a small favor to ask of you, the listening audience. Building a following for running the 615 is certainly going to require some help. So if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. Please post something about it on your social media. Please give a nice review on whatever host site you listen to your podcast. Really, any way you can promote it would certainly be appreciated. So, with that said, it's time to get this thing started. Episode one is here, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Running the 615 is going to start things off with the delightful Christy Beth Adams. She is the owner-operator of three Fleet Feet locations in Brentwood, Green Hills, and Hendersonville. She is the mother of her son, Mason, and her daughter, Noelle. She is from Munfordville, Kentucky. She is a high school state champion in track and cross country. She was a collegiate runner at Belmont University. She is super fun. She is very engaging. She is honest, and she is truly a joy to know. Christy Beth is also the person directly responsible for getting me into a career in the running industry. 
In this episode, we are going to cover a lot. We discuss Christy Best's running career. We talk about what she loves about being a running store owner. We also discuss how running is not always awesome. We talk about how losing a parent will very quickly put things in your life into perspective. When I first started thinking about starting a podcast, Christy Beth is the first person I thought of. There is nobody better to get things started with on running the 615 than Christy Beth. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Here we go. Good morning, Christy Beth. Welcome to Running the 615. I'm super excited for you to be here. Are you really? Not only are you a massive part of my running career slash employment slash life and running, you're also one of my favorite people on God's green earth. So I feel like you tell all the girls that. This is actually the first running the 615 podcast, so I haven't yet. <laughs> You're practicing. You're practicing that line to be used. No, I appreciate that. I feel I feel like you really mean that, Drew. I do 100%, Christy Beth. I'm pretty sure you know that. So this is about running, obviously. It's in the title. We're going to talk a little bit about running and a little bit about Nashville, but I feel like you have a lot to talk about in the area of running. I'm going to create a couple. I'm going to take you back a little bit as as we start. In 2008 is when you took over as owner-operator of Fleet Feet Nashville. Does that sound right? That is that is close. So I actually went through this pretty unique program. So I was an employee at Fleet Feet in Brentwood, Tennessee, and I got an opportunity to go through this like three-year program where when you have no cash, but they feel like that you've got the ability to be an owner, I was able to go through this three-year program where you build equity into the store. And then at the end of that program, you can buy the store back. So I was in the middle of that program in 2008. It was actually January 1st, 2011, that I became a full-on owner franchisee, Fleet Feet Nashville. It's probably too much information. No, huh? it's perfect. What <laughs> what I remember in 2008 was going to interview with Christy Beth Adams in January as you were, quote unquote, building your staff for this new store you were about right. to take over. I was over. building my dream team. Exactly. Do you remember anything from interviewing a young, skinny redhead named Drew Jones? I, the, the one thing I remember, so we were at Brugger's Bagel in Brentwood. That's where I used to do all, all of the interviews. And I remember sitting across from you and I remember you like physically leaning across the table. Like you were, I feel like multiple times you repeated, I love shoes. I just love (laughs) shoes. Like you were just so passionate about shoes. And I think you even told me that you had this like shoe organizer over your closet door and you had like 30 pairs or something. That's legitimately what I remember from your interview. That is accurate. But me being the deep thinker that I am, I really wanted to work at Fleet Feet. Running was, you know, had been and was a big part of my life then. And I wanted it to be even more a part of my life. I also worked for an insurance company and the movie Office Space was very real. So I was wanting to get out of that. But in my 
deepest thought about what I could say to impress you to get the job, it was, I love shoes. I love shoes. <laughs> you know, now that you mentioned that, though, as just talking from an owner standpoint of a retail shop, and I think we run into this a lot, but did we know each other before that interview? Hadn't met. Okay. I had been to Fleet Feet. I feel, Feet. I I was, feel I was like a, I've known you my whole life, so wow, it's hard to remember. Thing. So, so I didn't know you, and this guy, you're older than me. Sorry Barely. if that's <laughs> if that's a you surprise. You are younger than 29 years uh, old. That's right. Yeah. I just celebrated my 29th birthday for the 10th time. Congratulations. So, thank you. So I didn't know you. It's funny to say that because I really do feel like I've known you like for a really long time, but I didn't know you and it's a retail store, right? We sell shoes. So I always tell people I grew up watching the show Married with Children. And the main character is Al Bundy, and he is this basically pretty pathetic character, and he sells women's shoes. And so I grew up with that idea of retail and selling shoes, like it's not glamorous. And here I am sitting in Brugger's interviewing a guy, you know, a few years older than me who's been working really successfully in insurance, making great money. And yeah, and you're like, I love shoes, but it really is like, a cool story. Is this story. Al Bundy? Is this my <laughs> Al Bundy that I'm, that I'm thinking no, not, about hiring? No, it's, it wasn't that. I didn't think that about you. I, I'm always, maybe not so much anymore, but I think those were my early days of ownership. And I was always surprised by the people who were leaving what felt like were quote unquote better jobs and who were like dying to work at Fleet Feet. And now I get it, right? Like there are just so many people doing jobs and they might be making great money, but they hate it or they don't get to be who they who they are. And, and so they're looking for something else. And, and so I think probably interviewing you was like that first experience in like success doesn't always mean, you know, dressing up to go to work and making X amount of dollars. Like you were walking away from all of that to come work at Fleet Feet and you were like dying to come work at Fleet Feet. So I guess I just hadn't thought about that until we started talking about it, that a lot of people are just wanting to make this change and do something that they feel super passionate about. And you were super passionate about running and making people laugh. And so Fleet Feet was a, what a, combo. Was a was, great was environment perfect. for that. <laughs> Man, 100%. I mean, I've said this to many people. I know I've said it to you, but you're obviously sitting across from me. But it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life as far as what has happened since then. I loved working at Fleet Feet. I mean, like, really, it was kind of, you know, just unique in what it was like, especially as the store. I mean, when I started working with Fleet Feet, it was one store. It was a small store. We're now 11 years past that. You have three stores. The store that we originally worked in is three times bigger than it was when we worked there. But it was so great. I mean, really, I I don't have anything but just smiles and positive memories from it. I do remember when, when when I was getting started, I literally thought that I was going to be helping out future Olympians would be the only customer. So I was like, you better get your shit together, Drew. You got to know it all. You've got to know the product. You've got to be able to help these people out. What if this guy comes in and he won the silver and you're going to be the one that helps me get the gold? <laughs> like That's literally <laughs> where my mind was before then. But it was just such a neat crew. And I mean, obviously, I love people. The whole job is face-to-face talking to people. It oh, was, yeah, yeah I, I absolutely love it. And I do love shoes. I mean, that, you know, that like, I mean, I probably <laughs> like, come up, was I probably could have come up with something so much better than that, but it worked. 
so let's let's talk a little bit about running. You're you're running specifically. You have been a runner a long time. You're a very successful runner. You won some state titles in high school, which is great. You were a collegiate runner. You've done just a lot of good things with running. Do you do you remember how old you were when running first became a part of your life? Yeah, so I am the youngest of three, and my brother is 10 years older than me, and he played basketball, and his coach made all the guys from the basketball team run cross-country for conditioning, also because no one wanted to run cross-country, so the only way the high school would have a cross-country team is if they basically forced all the other sports to run cross-country again, as conditioning. And so my brother loved basketball, but he was a natural runner. He was so great at running. And so here I was, you know, seven or eight years old, and he was in high school. And my parents took me to all of his track meets, cross-country meets. And I played basketball, played softball, was a cheerleader. You know, our, our family, we did athletics. We were involved in sports. But I was just really, really bad, like terrible at basketball, really bad at softball. Like I wanted so badly. Like I still remember in softball, you know, I was getting ahead of myself, obviously. I was getting so excited about running the bases. But the small problem was that I had to actually hit the ball before I got to run. You the, had to do A before you could yeah, do B. Yeah, I'm like, damn it. This is so backwards. Or like basketball practice. You know, we would practice free throws. The whole like teammate goes on the free throw line, shoots free throws. If you miss, the whole team has to run suicides. I was the only person, you know, not moaning and groaning when somebody missed their free throw. I'm like, all right, another suicide. Let's go. This is where I thrive. Yes, I loved, I loved running up and down the court. And, and so I guess I hadn't really like put two and two together until Todd was running and where I'm from there, and this is still the case, there are five elementary schools, no middle schools, and then the high school. So you're at your elementary school from kindergarten to seventh grade, and then eighth through 12th is at the high school. So I'm basically in elementary school. My brother runs. The, our high school gets a track. They build a track his senior year. And he runs, ends up winning the 800 meters at the state meet and gets offered a scholarship to Western Kentucky University. And so he went to college to run. And I was like, I think I can do this. So I legit... And I wish I still had this note, but I took out a piece of notebook paper. I wrote a note to the high school coach, Ricky Line. And I just remember saying, hey, I would love to be on the cross country team, but please just tell me, be honest with me. Like, I don't want to sit on the bench. You know, all I knew of sports was like not being good enough and you're having to sit on the bench. And so little did I know that there was no like sitting on the bench for cross country or track. Was this like seventh grade? How old are you? Uh, No, this was fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. For whatever reason, I was like really into writing letters in the fourth grade, like wrote a letter to the governor and he came to visit our school. And so I wrote a letter to the, you know, high school cross country coach. And, um, I I think that's where I learned, A, how inclusive running is. You know, he basically came back and said, you're totally welcome to join the high school team. You know, you're not going to have to sit on the bench. Everybody gets to run. Everybody gets to participate. And so totally small town where, you know, things still happen, which in big cities or with red tape, it's hard to make things happen. Also, my mom was a school teacher. But somebody arranged for like a school bus, like 
a entire school bus to drive to my elementary school every day just before school got out just to pick me up and drive me to the high school so that I would be there when classes got out and I would be there for practice. So I still have this awesome picture. First year I was on the team and it's all these high school girls and then like little me and my oversized jersey on the team and they just took me in. And so, yeah, I started running in fourth grade on the high school track and cross country teams. Yeah, that is cool. Small town, Kentucky. Small town, Kentucky. Cool. Exactly. So then you win a state title in eighth grade and what was the what was the event? Yeah, in eighth grade I won the two mile Either seventh or eighth grade was my first two mile, 3,200 meters in track state championship. I think I won three or four state titles in track. And then my freshman year, I won the cross country state meet. But it sounds much cooler than it really was. Again, it was Kentucky. You know, once I got to college and started running Division One, I, I was total like middle of the pack runner. So Very I'm not sure how much success I've for had. me, Christy Beth, on the golf scene. But it is a big deal to win a state title, especially uh, seventh or eighth grader winning a state title. That is that is a small club to to have that. So. As far as we're concerned, it's a big deal. So what so what do you, about, you know, like just running as a whole? Obviously fourth grade you got started. You ran in college now. Running is still a massive part of your life. What do you feel it is about running specifically that has kept you a part of this sport since fourth grade? Yeah. So I get on my soapbox a little bit about this whole concept. And I think there was a book about it. I'll I'll go back and try to find the title, but it's super clear to me that running is so natural. Like I just believe wholeheartedly that God built us to run and walk. And no offense to golf because I know you're also a golfer. You know, but but if you think about like primal humans, I'm not quite sure, you know, the golf swing was like a natural part of who we were or basketball Maybe or not. football. I'm just going out on a limb here. But I always tell people, I'm like, if you think back hundreds of years, you know, we were thousands of years, we were running to chase our food down. You know, if you wanted to eat, you were going out and, you know, killing some animal or you were walking for miles to go find vegetation, you know, to eat or, you know, migration patterns meant that you were picking up your entire family and you were maybe walking miles and miles to move to a different part of the land. So to me, walking, running, like that's what our bodies were built for. Like legitimately, it was so just a part of our everyday life. And, you know, you still hear nods to certain parts of the world where there are people who are having to walk to school, like it's normal for them to cover miles and on foot, and they tend to produce some really phenomenal runners. And I just think we've kind of gotten away from that. I mean, obviously, we live in a super convenient society. So we're driving everywhere. There are tons of people who are like running. I'm, I'm not a runner. That's actually the most heard phrase inside of Fleet Feet is people 
They just are so quick to classify themselves. Like, that's what a runner looks like. I don't look like that. So I'm not a runner. And these will be people who are actually running two or three times a week. Like, they're actively running, but they have this picture in their head. And I'm just like, anything I can do to kind of dispel that there's this certain look or there's certain body type that makes somebody a runner. And actually, one of my favorite quotes is a Bill Bowerman quote. He was a University of Oregon coach. He said, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And I love that because I just think, you know, you probably grew up pretty young being supported and probably being told like you're an athlete and you were involved in sports. And so I was told that too. I was raised in a family where we were athletes. We were very involved in sports. And then I think there are kids who either by their family or on the schoolyard, they're picked last or, you know, they're breathing a little bit harder when they're doing laps around the schoolyard. And so they pretty quickly say, well, I'm not that, you know, there's somebody better than me. So that's for them. And it's not for me. So I love that reminder. And anytime I can, you know, be face to face with the within an adult and say, you have a body, you're an athlete. I don't care what you grew up thinking. I don't care if running hurt when you were on the schoolyard, like you can be a runner. And in fact, you were God made you, you know, everything we have to run is is within us. Yeah. Totally. No, I mean, I, th- I think about it a lot. I mean, obviously running is a huge part of both of our lives. There's still times where, you know, if I'm walking somewhere, like maybe out of a store or like I'm just in like this certain area, I will still get this little surge to jog, even if it's just like 30 <laughs> feet, like just like trot a little bit. Uh, we've talked about this before, but if you ever see like kids, little kids, like they, there's part of them that will all of a sudden out of nowhere, just have this burst and they take off running. Oh yeah. So to your point, it it is, it is part of us that's still inside of us. I do. I've been around runners enough, talked to enough runners that I do feel like, you know, there's people just enjoy it than more than others, which is, you know, everything in life. But mm-hmm. I also just you saying that I remember one time I was fitting a husband and wife for shoes and the wife was very into it, was like talking a lot about it. And the husband like did not say anything. He was there to get shoes as well, but was just like basically there. And as she was going out and testing out shoes, I started talking to him and he said, he's like, Oh, I'm not a runner. He's like, I don't run. He's like, I'm just here with her. I was like, but I was like, you're here to get running shoes. Right. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, I run, I run in the half marathon and her in the spring. And then we run New York every fall, but I'm not a runner. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, come on, buddy. I was like, you're running a half marathon and a full marathon every year. I was like, I hate to burst your bubble. You are absolutely a runner. runner. What it's fascinating. Like, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's that whole comparison is the thief of joy quote, you know, that that I don't know somebody's he's looking at his wife or somebody else who runs four marathons a year and he's thinking, okay, well, I don't do that. So I'm not a runner, which I think is so fascinating. It's so common too, man. Yes, it is. You know, it's actually more rare that when, you know, as I mean, we have helped thousands of runners get a start or get in a 
shoe to run it. And it's, it actually is more rare that people are like, Oh, I'm here because I run and I just need to get a new pair of shoes or I'm here because I'm running this. It's, it's, it is a little bit more tentative on the, Oh, well, yeah, I'm not, yes. I'm not totally more often sure. than not, we are helping people who do not self-identify as runners, which right. is fascinating. But I'll, I'll touch on what you said a second ago and you're absolutely right. You were saying there, there are out of this group of people who are running, whether they call themselves runners or not, there are some that enjoy it more than others. And I think it always surprises people. But I will say this, I appreciate running and I respect running. But there are lots of days where I really hate running. And I think it's important to say that. Oh, dear God, I had to do a five mile run yesterday at like three o'clock in the afternoon, just because of my work schedule and my kids schedule. And I came back home, took a cold shower, got out of that cold shower, and my face was still the color of a tomato. I mean, like I could not stop sweating. I was like sweating the whole rest of the night. But, you know, when people come into the store, again, I think it's important, you know, people always hear about runner's high and all that. And then they go out and try to run and it sucks and it hurts and it's hard and their chest hurts and their muscles burn. And, and they, again, it's another opportunity for, for them to be like, Oh, well, I'm just not built for this. And so I think it's so important for people who do run regularly to let people know that like I was in bed last night, like rolling out my legs with the R8 roller, you know, as I'm watching this TV show on Hulu, like, cause my legs were freaking hurting, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I am not, I, I have friends who, you know, their day is complete once they've done their run. Like it is like the highlight of their day. And I'm like, I, I have to force myself to get my run in. Like I try to run in the mornings because I'm trying to get it over with. So that sounds so terrible, you know, but I'm like, Hey, I love, the way a run makes me feel, but I'm not one of those people who's all like flowers and rainbows and heart eyes when it comes to, you know, I don't get giddy about going to do a long run. I do it because I know it's good for me. I'm decent at it. I, again, I respect it and I appreciate running so much. It's my thing, but I think it's good to point out to people that like, it's, it's not awesome all the time. Oh my God. No. I mean, you said it. I mean, I, I really, I mean, I certainly love running more than the average bear. I mean, that's probably always been the case as far as just my running career, if you will. But yeah, I mean, I think my favorite part about running is actually when I'm done. <laughs> right, not not right. only the feeling that I did, like the feeling of, hey, I just did that. I mean, my body always feels better exactly. afterwards. That's a good bit of truth syrup, though, to, to let people realize. So let's talk actually about being a store owner, because yep. I think that's super unique. Fleet Feet Nashville is without a doubt one of the most successful running stores in the United States. You have three stores now. Talk a little bit of first, I mean, you've done it for over 10 years now, as far as being the actual owner, talk about like just, you know, some of your highlights of, of owning a running store, some things that you just, you know, still inherently love about it. Absolutely. And I, it's good to just be point blank, ask that question, because just like anything else, you can take it for granted. But growing up, I would say there was a period of time when I was a young runner and obviously bombarded with like Nike advertisements and all these cool 
ads and magazines. And I was like, man, it'd be so cool one day if I could work for Nike. You know, I didn't even know what that meant. It was just something that I was like, oh, I'm a runner and here's this brand and it would be cool to work for them. And now I tell people all the time, I, I couldn't have dreamed up a better position than Fleet Feet because I get to work with all the vendors, which I think is awesome. And I haven't spent that much time in corporate America. I had a very short stint in marketing and advertising, and I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. But from what I can tell of most business industries or corporate industries, they're just very serious. And I love the fact that with companies like Brooks, for example, or New Balance, like I've got the VP of North American sales, you know, I've got that guy's number in my phone, you know, and I can talk to him about the Dodgers. (laughs) And so I'm like, this, this is my life is that I get to do business and I'm working. I'm in this industry, though, that I guess the point I'm getting at here is it's just it's super casual and it's very connected it's just a very small community. So all the vendors know each other, all the run store owners know each other. The running industry is just like a family. And so I would say that that's one thing that is one of my favorites is how well connected it is, you know? So I'd say that's a highlight. I mean, obviously, day to day, one of the biggest highlight is how we get to serve people, right? Like we say it all the time, but Fleet Feet is more than a shoe store. And I actually hate sales jobs. Like anytime I've ever been in like a sales position where you had to like cold call people or like go out and get leads, like, oh my gosh, that was my least favorite thing on the face of the earth. Like I love people, but if I'm in this like you know, salesy type of role. It just kills my soul. And so I've never thought of Fleet Feet as like this retail sales environment. I come from a family of teachers. And so for me, we're just problem solvers. We're motivators. People are willingly coming in the door. And I know that there is something in the store. Usually it's a pair of shoes. Sometimes it's the right fitting sports bra or a good pair of socks like that piece of equipment is going to help that person achieve a goal or feel more comfortable. Or again, it's going to be that thing that allows that person to get to a point in their head where they do identify as being a runner or they cross a finish line. And I've said this before, but, you know, these running accomplishments or or just fitness accomplishments, I mean, we have a ton of people coming in the store and they're just trying to, you know, reduce their blood pressure or cholesterol. Those little accomplishments and their health and wellness are just life changing, you know? Right. And so it's again, I tell I tell new employees all the time, I'm like, it sounds so pie in the sky, but what we do day in and day out absolutely changes lives. For sure. And it's our goal for someone to get to the end of their day. So say somebody's gone to work, they've gone to fleet feed, they've run errands, yada, yada. We hope that when they get to the end of their day, they can be like, man, fleet feet was the highlight of my day. Like we are super confident that 
through our words and through our actions, we hope people leave the store feeling a little bit happier, a little bit lighter, a little bit more inspired than they were when they came into the store. Totally. So that's just what we preach day in, day out is like, how can you make a connection with that person sitting across from you? How can you educate them on product? How can you motivate and inspire them? How can you serve them? I mean, that's a super simple question to say, what do I love about Fleet Feet or being an owner? But at, it could be an entire podcast all, all on its own, no just doubt. talking about how much I love our customers, how much I love our employees, and then how much I love the people I get to work with on the business or on the vendor side of things. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's a good combo of of all of that. Being a golfer growing up too, everyone always said, Oh, you should you should be a golf pro. Like you should get into being a golf pro, which, you know, on the surface level sounds like a pretty natural fit. But it's ironic that for golf, for me, like I love to play golf. Like I like to be out there playing golf with my friends and actually play. Being a country club professional is setting up golf for other people to play. And That wasn't anything I was interested in, but working at Fleet Feet is very much being a country club pro for runners. Like, you know, we obviously run, running is a big part of our life, but the biggest part of our life is setting up running for other people, giving them, you know, the right equipment to do it in, obviously, but, you know, telling them, you know, training tips. I mean, you name it. I mean, we, there, you know, there is not a question that I was not asked in my, in my fleet feet career, but it's just a neat experience to have that ability to help people out and get started in something that hopefully will change their lives. I mean, we both know so many people that the first thing they did to start where they are now in their running career was walk through the doors of fleet feet. Like that was it when they came in there and joined the, country music half marathon training group or got in the couch to 5k program like that was the first domino yeah and then it's it's gone on. and there's just a ton of success stories i've, I've got actually faces just oh yeah popping i'm up like in my emily gale right there there are so many people that i remember started in like a couch to 5k program and mm. and then went on to do half marathons and marathons and trail races and 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 not that that's the definition of success there are also people that have walked in the door and you know they were walkers or walk runners and and, and, you know, doing a marathon or an ultra isn't necessarily like the pinnacle, like they just found a love for it and made it more a part of their lifestyle, which is also a huge win. Right. But uh, again, I think we are in a really unique time because I don't think our parents really had the luxury of of really deciding what they wanted to do. You know, like my mom and dad the careers they chose, like they were in that career for, you know, 30, 40 years. Like they just didn't move around. Like they, I think they both enjoyed their jobs, but they didn't really spend a lot of time sitting around thinking like, does this bring me fulfillment? You know, is this my purpose in life? They, it was a paycheck, you know, and they had three kids to support. So they went to work because that's what you did. And I think I'm, really fortunate to be living in an age where I think more often than not, people are asking themselves, hey, does my work change lives? Is it meaningful? You know, it's just so much a part of your time that you want to be sure you're using it wisely. And I've lost both of my parents. You lost your dad, you know, when you were working at Fleet Feet. And so I think you and I, unfortunately, have gone through these life situations um, that have made us pause and say, all right, 
we have a limited amount of time here. Like, let's make this epic, right? Mm, Like how we spend our time with people, what we choose to do for work. Like we're going to try to make better decisions and not take that stuff for granted. Sure. Well, to your point, you just brought it up and it's, it's not a sad story. It actually, you know, it makes me smile, but my dad was very much like your parents. And when I started working at Fleet Feet, my dad came in to talk to you because my, I mean, you know, I get my personality from my dad for sure. Like that guy just enjoy talking to people, but he well, like when I first started working at Fleet Feet, like you said, I worked at an insurance company and had this, you know, career that I'd been at a long time and wanted to go do something that meant something to me and something, you know, that just didn't kill this optimism that I've had my whole life. But like my dad would basically, when he first came in to meet you was more like, I guess, quote unquote, interviewing you himself. And your then he- dad was super intimidating. He He's physically big guy, tall guy. Like, you know, I felt responsible for you moving from this career in insurance to a running store. Well, they were, I was lucky to have supportive parents that were 100% okay with me doing that. But in a small amount of time, Christy, about that went from my dad wanting to see, you know, what this new career was to wanting to come in and talk shop with Christy Beth because <laughs> he's just such a huge fan of yours. So you, you convinced him a hundred percent. He was a good dude. I think would he eat it was was he coming in to talk to me or was he coming in to eat at the meet and three? It was one of the two. Next that, door. If that guy wasn't, uh, he's the biggest meet and three fan in the history of life, basically. But he, yeah, it was, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. I, I mean, when I think about working in the running industry, I mean, it's, it's the greatest. I mean, I, working at Fleet Feet, there's so many people out there that if they talk about their jobs that they have to work on Saturdays, it's always with, you know, they're salty about it for sure. Saturdays are the best best at feel like I would be I would literally be excited that was like to a go, stage for you to you go have, to work on you a have Saturday such a performer like entertainer personality it just meant a bigger stage Saturdays for you you were like bring it on well I wasn't the only one I mean we we had a host of characters in that That's store true. plus I mean like people think that it's fun out on the floor it's in the back room it's 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 like a friar's roast back oh there. yeah oh yeah absolutely I'm not sure we can talk about some of the things on the podcast, but yes, the magic, 100% the magic no. always happened, like just roasting absolutely your friends and coworkers in the back room. That really was a super special time. I think at Fleet Feet, we have grown since then, but you know, we were, we were a really small staff, so we were together all the time and it's great to see where we are now, but it's also very nostalgic to think oh, about sure. our little family at the time. And you know, my, my favorite thing is, and I'll still do this every now and then, and my staff isn't used to it since they haven't gotten this from me as much lately as back when we were a smaller staff. But I always love it when you've got this really experienced fitter on the fit stool and they're taking care of this customer. And obviously they're absolutely wowing the customer and you just go up to the fitter and pat them on the back and say like, Drew, you're doing awesome for your first day. And of course, <laughs> you, you know, for this. In- inevitably the customer giggles because they know it's not your first day because you are just so full of information and so credible. And, but just little things like that to razz each other. And because 
you know, it's not what we do is not rocket science. It's it should be fun. You know, we as we do with everything in life have a way of overcomplicating things sometimes, but it's just those little interactions that make people remember like, hey, this should be fun. This shouldn't be serious. Like keep it light, oh, for sure. you know. So one of my go-tos with Jen Lynn, who is still working at Fleet Feet, absolutely one of my favorite people on this planet, mainly because she has the greatest laugh ever. Like I crave it when I'm around her. She's got such a great laugh, but she's so sweet and she she's probably the best fitter in Tennessee. She's phenomenal. Like she's so Super good. knowledgeable. So great so with patient. people. So all the time because she's so sweet. And of course, people initially pick up on that. I would go and like she's helping someone out and I just go to the customer. I'm like, hey, I'm like, thank you. Thanks for being patient with Jen. I was like, we we just hired her. We have this new program where we take people right out of prison to try to get them back in the community. And we're thank you really for being patient with her. And she like, of course, would get super red. But that was my go-to. But then your ex-husband's go-to all the time when I was fitting somebody, he would come up and he'd say, hey, real quick, we, we've had some troubles with Drew before. So we like to use safe words around here. And if Drew does or says anything, that freaks you out just yell out bananas and we'll have someone over to help you out and like <laughs> most of the time it works because some people are like oh my god like i just came here to get shoes and now i'm being helped out by this freak he's a, matt can pull off some very straight face jokes so so that's one where i'm sure the customers are kind of nervously giggling like i think he's joking but I just in case joking. i'm gonna remember the word bananas in case <laughs> i get put in an uncomfortable situation with this guy well i mean it was all for our own enjoyment but oh, i think yeah. most people that were in those situations we're, we're glad that we tried to spice it up for i think bit. it created a really fun vibe for customers and staff yeah those are for our glory both. days for yeah. both those it was a great experience days. for we all. need to have fleet feet alumni day Oh man! Any past yeah. employee comes back and works, <laughs> and just like customers can come say, "Hey, want to get fit by an old by one of the old fitters from way back?" Come, an come o, to an OG. Up. Oh, there's so many people that come to mind. We would have to, again. Have to we won't go down that path. Jacket. Yeah, that would be classic. Before we get too far away from running, tell me what's your favorite race that you've ever run in? You've you've done a lot of them. What's Whoa, what's your favorite my, favorite race? My favorite race, I would say they're. There are different ones for different reasons. That's a total cop-out answer. I think one of the... So I I generally like big races. And big so as far as people. People, people yeah, absolutely. I and and that's just people have different personal preferences, but but I love the energy of a lot of people and just a big to do. And although I really do not love marathons, I will say from a marathon standpoint, New York City Marathon man, it's just, it's just a super cool experience. And yeah. yeah. And, and again, it's kind of a pain in the butt race because it's point to point. Well, it's but, a logistic nightmare. Oh yeah. Logistically. Well. It's, yeah. No matter how fast you run, it is a day. Event. Right. right. Yes. No yeah. And, and I sometimes forget because I'll tell customers how much I love New York city marathon. And then I remember that the couple of times I've run New York, I've been like a VIP runner with either like a six or now new balances as a sponsor. And so I get driven to the start on this bus. Like I don't have to plan for any of the logistics. So people will be like, oh, you're training for New York. I'm training for New York. So how are you going to get to the start line? And I'm like, I don't know, like 
New Balance is going to get me there. Somebody's like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a real like high maintenance person, but I have realized in the run industry, I'm pretty high maintenance when it comes to races. But I'm like, that's the perk of my job, right? Sure. Like everybody's job has perks and that's the perk I get are these really awesome treatments at races. So New York is cool. Running through, you know, all the different boroughs. What, the boroughs. There mm-hmm. you go. I'm like, what are they called? Running through all the different boroughs is really, really cool. So New York City is very cool. I ran New York City 2007, first marathon ever. It was, gosh, such a hard first marathon, mainly because of logi- the logistics part. I got there, I think, 6.15 in the morning, and I started running at 10.30. Oh, yeah. So I sat in grass in, like, 30-degree weather, waiting four hours to run the longest distance I've ever run. I mean, I was a mental midget by, like, mile 14 in that race. That's However, a tough first marathon. I don't sure. think I realized that was your first marathon. And it's, it's been my most recent marathon, too. So I ran it again in 2017 Bookends. with our friend – Michael Kaplan and Annie ran with me in that one as well. And we actually got a police escort from the New York Police Department, whereas, you know, like you said, like four or five buses that go from downtown New York to Staten Island. And to your point, I was like, well, this is decidedly different than the first time I ran this race to just get dropped off basically outside your corral. But I mean, New York City to me, especially. There is just something in the air the yes. day of that race. How I mean, obviously there's fifty thousand runners in it, but it is it is, you know, on, it is a marathon on steroids yes. as far as just like well, how massive that thing is. The other thing that just reminded me of some of the ceremonies before the race. There are a ton of international runners at New York City Marathon, and so the first time I did it, I kept saying, "I feel like I'm at the Olympics." Right. Like all the different countries and their flags and total side note, but Central Park that time of year is absolutely gorgeous. And you finish weaving through this, you know, paved trail in Central Park with all the leaves changing, which is unbelievable. So yeah, it's just I like I kind of like that big race. And it's funny you say that that was your first race. So I'd say another one of my Well, maybe I shouldn't say favorites. Maybe I should say memorable. But my first marathon was here in Nashville. It was the Flying Monkey Marathon, which is one of the hardest marathons in the United States. It's pretty. It's pretty dang hard. Yeah. So all of them are twenty six point two, but there are certainly some that are harder than others, and that one's way up there. And I like hills, but it was very hilly. And but what was happening? I was working at Fleet Feet. And like we said a few minutes ago, like I was one of those people who identified as a runner. I'd been a runner my whole life. But in college, distance runners, you know, if you're a track athlete in college, a distance athlete runs 10,000 meters on the track. It's 10K, right? And so I get out of college. I'm fully considering myself a distance runner. It's what I've done my whole life. And I'm fitting people for shoes. And like one of the first questions, you know, it could be like an 80-year-old lady that I'd be fitting for shoes. And they'd say, have you ever done a marathon? And I'm like, no, but I've run my whole life, blah, 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 blah. But I've won five state titles. Does that count? <laughs> it was it was like all my credibility went, woo, like, like no credibility. Like I was like, but... But, but I've been running my whole life. Let me tell you you about Mumfordville. They picked me up in a bus in fourth grade because I was a runner. Let me tell you about me being a runner in a small town. And so I was just like, damn it. Like, I've got to run a marathon to get some street cred around here. And so, yeah, my husband at the time, Matt, 
best ex-husband in the world now. Also, my only ex-husband. So <laughs> he's one of my so best ex-husbands. He's I'd, my in best, fact, I'd rate him number best, one. Best and only ex. Well, he's my favorite of your ex-husbands. Oh, for awesome, two, so, good. Yeah, I, I, I hope really I don't like have him. any more ex-husbands to add to add to the list. But so we were married at the time. He had never done a marathon. He had been an athlete his whole life too. But yeah, we were like, just in case we are like one and done marathoners, let's go for the Flying Monkey Marathon and really get some credibility. So yeah, that one was was pretty memorable. No doubt. Well, so what is what would you say is your crown achievement in running? I mean, you again, like there, it's probably hard to pick one, but like, what do you just feel like, man? This is my highlight reel. This this race my or, or reel. this experience. I would say I'm I'm half marathon training right now. I've the last couple years I've done a marathon each year and. And in the middle of the training, I'm, I'm like, I hate life right now. And then, and like I said, I think you and I try to, you know, do a little self-awareness test of like, do I enjoy this? Why am I doing this? You know, what's my motivation? So I'm like, why in the hell do I keep doing marathons? Like, I really hate them. <laughs> so um, welcome to running the 615. I, I know. Sorry. <laughs> if you were looking for motivation, maybe this was the wrong pat- podcast uh, to start with. Hey, um, we're talking about marathons. There's a lot of things to do with uh, running. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I, I guess. And it was actually when you're after the Chicago Marathon, which everybody loves the Chicago Marathon. And I just got to that race day and I was like over. I was over the race before it even started. And so after that, I just. I don't know if burned out is the right word, but I just didn't want to do marathons anymore. And and there wasn't like a race that really jumped out at me. And so I don't remember how I first heard about people running in the Grand Canyon, but I'm a huge national parks fanatic. So my goal is to visit all the national parks. It's kind of been something on my radar for the past like five years. And so I heard about people running from rim to rim to rim. So basically starting on one side of the Grand Canyon, running to the opposite side, and then there's a parking lot there. And you basically just turn around and you run back. And that's how far? I should know this off the top of my head. It's just under 50 miles. I was going to say, I, th- it, I, th- I it think also, it's, I thought my guess is going to be, I think 44. Yeah, it's somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Like I, and and actually my Garmin, you know, I I changed the GPS settings just to like save battery. So different people kind of get different reads, but it also depends on which trail you decide to like descend on. So (laughs) anyway, I'd, I'd heard about that and just thought that would be really neat because it's, it's not a race, right? It's like totally self-supported. A lot of people go do it um, usually in the months of May or September. I think those are like the most two popular months for people to go do this. And so you, you're carrying everything you need on your back. Yeah, you just kind of go for it. And so I did that. I can't even remember how many years ago that was now, maybe three or four years ago. I went with my boyfriend and a couple of his friends to run it. And I was super nervous. Like I'm totally directionally challenged. So I was really worried I was going to get lost. Good thing. It's like the easiest path to follow ever. So you're not going to get lost if you go it's like run I-65 in the Grand Canyon. from Nashville to Louisville, basically. Nashville to Mumfordville. Right, exactly. It's just point it's your just, car north and you're exactly. there. Exactly. Right. You just stay on that one path and you are good to go. We all bought what we are calling insurance. So there are shuttles. Like if we had only made it from rim to rim, we bought shuttle tickets so that we could have made it back to 
where we started. But we basically all bought shuttle tickets and then like put that out of our mind. We were like, we acted like they didn't exist because we didn't want to use that as like a crutch, right? And yeah, and I ended up doing it like and felt pretty decent. So ran rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. I'm a pretty outdoorsy person. So I just loved like the, the scenery, you know, the river, like looking at the different colors of the rock as you descend into the canyon. Like, oh, yeah. and it's just like a full on day, like started at like three or three thirty in the morning and finished at like eight or eight thirty at night. It was beautiful for one. I had really great company and I also kind of love that it wasn't a race. It wasn't competitive. It was just like, it was just your goal was to finish. There wasn't a particular time. It was the experience. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where I am with running right now is I want to go and see places on foot. And so I know running is one of the best ways to do that. To get in your car and drive around a town is one thing. But, you know, I want to go to like Ireland and run. And I want to go to Paris and run. And I want to go to some more national parks and hop on a trail and that is that's kind of where I'm at with running right now is where are those really beautiful experiences that you can go and check out on foot. Sure. You totally redeemed yourself in that story. You started off by saying, I hate marathons, but your crown achievement when you thought it was like, oh, I'm done with Chicago. I do not like running marathons of 26.2 miles, but I know what I will like is running close to 50. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I needed. I that's guess it's not the cool, distance; I mean, no, it's just the, the experience, the, the, the right? Yeah, a, yeah. Good that man. That's a, that's a, that's an awesome achievement. Let's talk a little bit about Nashville. Nashville is not where you were born, but you have lived in Nashville longer than you lived anywhere else. That's right. right. Yes, twenty one years now. Oh man, that's right. Me too. Nineteen ninety. I feel like I'm a native, but I'm uh, not. You're I more mean, native they're, than they're they're full on natives, but right. I feel like Nashville's growing so much right now. You want to point out to those like under five years in Nashville people and be like, look, I've been here 20 Listen. years, Sonny. Yeah. Yes, exactly. No, I told, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I love Nashville. I think we live in the best city in the United States. What is the most Nashville thing about you, Christy Beth? I am so not Nashville. Probably the most Nashville thing about me is the fact that I legitimately live in Nashville. So it's a part of my address, but that's a total cop out. So I would say, well, when I when I came to Nashville, so I went to Belmont University and it's known for music business. So just about everybody going to Belmont was a musician. And as soon as I stepped foot on campus, it's like the first question you get asked, like, are you a singer or do you play an instrument? And I'm like, actually, no, I do not. So I have no musical. I, I run. Yeah. You were either like an athlete or you're a musician. So I would say I I just had a birthday over the weekend and I feel like this is totally like Nashville cliche, but I bought myself a ukulele and I'm going to try to learn because I actually read in a magazine, it's the easiest instrument to learn. <laughs> so I guess I'm just looking for, you know, the softball of all instruments. And I guess that's kind of the most Nashville thing about me right now is I'm trying to play an instrument. <laughs> so uh, t- let's talk about running in Nashville. Where would you describe your perfect run that you can create? What time of day are you running? Where are you running? Who are you running with? Again, preferably in Nashville. What yes. Just describe your ideal run. Yes. So I would say the majority of my runs are out my front door, right? Just the convenience of running and having 
couple kids and a business means that's the majority of my runs is in like the hardest, hottest part of the day. But if I could pick my favorite run, it would definitely be in that fall-ish time on a really cold kind of crisp day where you've got on a long sleeve shirt and shorts. That's like my favorite run combo Um, and driving out to Percy Warner. I mean, Percy Warner is so gorgeous. I love doing the 5.8 mile loop and uh, leaves changing and I'm probably running. Actually, I run the 5.8 with my friend Lauren a decent amount And it's always like the best conversation. We're always talking about life. We're talking about relationships. Like we, it's like a counseling session. Like we just dive in deep from like mile one. And so I would say that's one of my favorite Nashville specific runs is the 5.8 at Percy Warner. I would also say one of my quintessential favorite runs is I will go to, I live pretty close to 12 South. Mm -hmm. And so a group of us girls who most of which I've met at Fleet Feet, and then they've become my best friends, just texting with them and just throwing together like a last minute, like let's meet at Frothy Monkey in 12th South. And I get to roll out of bed like five minutes before I have to be there drive over to 12th South, meet them on a perfect day. We'll be able to, you know, hang out afterwards and grab a coffee and have breakfast together and kind of catch up. So that's one of my other favorite runs, which really has less to do with the route. You know, we'll run anywhere between like, you know, four or five, six miles. But it's really, again, that experience of getting that last minute run together because, hey, we've all been traveling or we've got a lot going on. Can everybody get together tomorrow? And when those texts start coming in saying, yeah, I can be there. Yeah, I'm in town. It's like the best feeling in the world. And it's a really fun thing to look forward to. Just that easy run where you get to chat and catch up. The camaraderie. Absolutely. Oh, man. Awesome. Speaking of Nashville, now that we have both lived here 20 years, you are absolutely qualified to answer this question. What would you change if you were mayor of Nashville? What's what's something that you jump on top of real quick and be like, I now run this city and this is what I'm going to do? I, I, ooh, that's a- You actually kind of already do run the city, truth be told, <laughs> but I don't know if you have the power to change I- it just yet. I would say I'm terrible with politics and I'm like, I don't even know what all is a part of the mayor's job. But obviously, you know, green spaces and that sort of thing is is a part of of Metro. And I guess to keep it running specific and not to super get into like politics, I would just love to see more classic like runnable surfaces. Like I love Oregon. There's all these like wood chipped paths in Oregon Oregon freaking embraces running. Like, it's really, really cool, especially if you're ever in the town of Eugene. And so I hope that we can get Nashville to this more like runnable, walkable, bikeable community, more accessible on foot. Whatever that would take, I guess I that's, would try to work on that. That's good. It's a good answer. People are like, what about healthcare and education? And I'm like, let's add wood chipped paths. 
Well, that's, I mean, I like it. I think that's a great <laughs> answer. The softer the surface, the better. There for you me. go. We're getting old. We've already talked about you are now getting ready to start your ukulele career. I know you're a music fan. Nashville is Music City USA. What concert would you like to go see in Nashville? You can just create it in your head. Who are you going to see? Who are you going with? Where are you going to see this concert? Oh, Either yeah. Ryman or Bridgestone. That's probably some good options. Yeah. So I feel like true music lovers would totally like just sigh and shake their head at me. But I want to see Justin Timberlake JT. so bad. So bad. Yeah. And so I actually had a text chain going with some of my girlfriends recently. I'm not even sure how it came up, but we were talking about how cool it would be. You know, let's go to a Justin Timberlake concert. And I'm, I've been with my boyfriend for five years now, and we've talked about marriage and all that fun stuff. And so one of my girlfriends threw out, as soon as CB gets engaged, we're going to go see JT in concert to celebrate. And I'm like, if that's what it takes to see Justin Timberlake in concert, I will propose to Bob right now. Like <laughs> if, if that's the only thing stopping us from going to a JT concert together, done. Like I will do the deed. So I'm just a... Again, I'm not like that songwriter, like art, like musician type of lover. I love the entertainers. Like, give me some Beyonce, give me some JT. I've always loved to dance. Again, I don't see that very well. You have seen me dance. Yes. I prefer that to like singing, playing instruments. And so that sort of music I love. I will say that I'm a little, if you've ever seen the movie Runaway Bride, have you seen the movie Runaway yes. Bride with Julia Roberts? So I feel like I'm a little Runaway Bride when it comes to music because in the movie, she she basically like changes her personality depending on who she's dating. Right. And so she'll like her eggs one way with one guy and a different way with another guy. And so music is a little like that to me. Like whoever I'm with, I will start listening to their music. Like Matt introduced me to the Pixies. There was this guy I dated in high school, Josh. He introduced me to John Prine. Like I associate most of my music preferences with somebody that I've dated, which I don't know if that's good or bad. That's but all right, man. That's being a good girlfriend. It that's is, great. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, when somebody says, hey, listen to this song, you know, Bob will be like, listen to this song. And I'll be like, sure. So really it's Bob that's like, I want to see JT. That's really <laughs> he, what I just got. No, he, basically, <laughs> he is only listening to that sort of music if I am in his car or his you twin high schoolers are in his car. I have the same music preferences as like a high school kid. Actually, his high school kids probably have better, more current music preferences than I do. But he's super into, like we love the Avet brothers and... We've been listening to a lot of camp, and I think they're actually playing at the Basement East in October or November, so we got tickets to that. Yeah, it's more The Head and the Heart. I just oh, downloaded sure. yeah. their their new album, and I've just played that on repeat. Yeah. All good choices. I mean, Thanks. this is running the 615 podcast. It's going to hopefully circulate around Nashville. Maybe somebody is going to listen to this that has an in with Justin Timberlake uh, and that'd be really awesome. get that going. Please make it happen. Maybe Justin Timberlake will be a guest on Running the 615 one time. <laughs> and and I'll promise to broach it with them. Christy Beth, I'll say, hey, there's a girl in Nashville that wants to see you because her boyfriend, Bob Kennedy, loves JT. So so let's, let's wrap this up here with a little thing we call Running the 615 Speed Sessions. Oh, 
Are you ready? That's good. Okay. One of my favorite parts at working about working at Fleet Feet was coaching speed sessions with our good friend Mark Miller, coaching speed sessions with you as well. Like I just I love getting to see people do track workouts and like just see you know improve and getting to stand there while people run circles and bark at them. That was also a big (laughs) big. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a lot of questions. Okay. Don't think about it. There's no try not to embarrass myself. There's no wrong answer. We're just gonna go. At it. Actually, we need to kind of time this. Oh, we're going to go at it. Let's see here. Grab your phone there and see if we can get the just the stopwatch portion of your phone. You're super close. There it is. What is your fastest mile you've ever run in your life, Christy Beth? Oh, gosh. For a full mile, I think it was... Gosh, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to fact check this. So it was sub six, but... Why are you giving me no. like six minutes to do well, this? Well, I mean, sub six. Okay. It was sub five. Say, I ran. I, all I can remember five. right now, my fastest 1500 meter time was 439. Okay. So, so we're going to give you about yeah. 450. Okay. 455 for your fastest. That mile was, ever. But that was for 1500, not a mile. Roads or trails? Roads. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Country music, hip hop or rock and roll? Hip hop. <laughs> Favorite Nashville restaurant? Ooh, Urban Grub. Coffee, tea, soda, or water? I'm going to go with none of the above. Hot chocolate. Wow, nice. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do not put me in a room with a cat. Talker or listener? Ooh, it depends. And I would love to say listener, but probably talker. You're a talker. (laughs) Beach or mountains? Mountains all day long. What annoys you? What annoys me? Oh, geez. What annoys me? Anything. Oh, pe- people who are entitled. That, that, oh, yes. Entitlement. That annoys one. me. Favorite condiment. <laughs> that you're going to ask something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I looked at you when I said Ranch it. dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie or candy. Cookie, Oreo, preferably. Boom. Favorite sports team? Uh, This is another boyfriend influence. I knew it. Dodgers. Who are you dating and who they like? Dodgers. But locally, Preds. Come on. Nashville Preds before Bob was in the picture. But I love me some Dodgers now. Awesome. What is your dream vacation spot? Dream vacation. I have not spent... A lot of time in Europe, and I really, really want to go anywhere over European there. vacation. Yes. There you go. Who is your celebrity European. crush? Celebrity crush. Oh, crap. What's this guy's name? He was in the transporter. Oh, shit. It must not be much of a crush because I can't. If you I don't know his name, it's not I can't think crush. of his name. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'll give you another one. The Notebook. Classic Ryan... Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Okay, oh my gosh, go. I can't think we of names. We had the guy from the notebook come in Fleet Feet. Oh, James Marsden. Yeah. yeah he's we shopped ran in the with store him before. for like a year yeah. after that. He, he was, took speed sessions. He did take speed sessions. And he yes, preferred and James being called Marston, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy was, was hot. Yeah. I'd love for Ryan Gosling I didn't know who he was. J- James Marsden and I have literally run the Percy Warner trails together. Oh, and yeah. when we came off the trails, like three or four girls were sitting there and started pointing. <laughs> and at first, you thought at it first was... I thought they were pointing at me. I literally forget <laughs> that I'm running with a famous actor. I was like, oh, look at these girls pointing at me. No, no, oh, no. That's classic. They were not pointing at me. I anyway, love it. James Martin. That's a good one. Favorite TV show or movie of all time? Oh, favorite TV 
uh, series, hands down, is Mad Men. Loved it. Best way to recover after a long run or race? I, well, massage, which usually isn't like right after, but classic, just laying on the ground, propping your legs up the wall. Yeah, I love to take naps after I run. It's one of my favorite parts of running. <laughs> you just find a bed and crawl in it. Nap. What are you afraid of? Failure. That, got, you have, that if, got serious real fast. I mean, you, it's not spiders. It's if like you're able failure. to laugh at that, at what you're afraid <laughs> of, you so are true. doing A-OK. So like, true. literally, you thought that was the funniest question so far. Belt or no belt? <laughs> no belt. Watch or no watch? Is that watch? for me or dudes? I don't understand Girls that wear question. belts. Yeah, I'm not cool. I don't accessorize very well, so that's why I said no belt. Watch or no watch? Watch. Garmin, no preferably. Best part of living in Nashville? Oh, man. I freaking love Nashville. I love how Nashville is a little bit of everything. Like there's 8 million churches to choose from. There's a ton of different entertainment venues. Like if you are interested in it, there is like an outlet for it in Nashville. I love that. No doubt. I think you'll get this one right. Shop in store or shop online. There's a right and wrong, preferably in store or if online at fleetfeet.com. That's why I was saying that. Airplane (laughs) or road trip? Road trip. Enjoy the ride or if you're not first, you're last. Enjoy the ride. Although I'm highly competitive. Don't we know it? That's okay. (laughs) Something you want to do before you die. Bucket list item. Before I die, sorry, there's there are. Play the ukulele. I don't know. I wouldn't say ukulele. I wouldn't say ukulele is up there. It's still probably just going to be travel, which is a super selfish answer. But I just want to see as much of the world as possible. That's okay. That's a good one. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Breakfast any time of day. Know it. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? I would say people, obviously. Shameless plug for you right now. I always tell you, Drew, you are like my ray of sunshine. But for real, being around certain people who, instead of sucking the life out of you, you feel more energized after you've been around them. Well, you are the same. Good people. You are very much the same. I've seen it many times at Fleet Feet. When you start talking to people, they start smiling because you're smiling. I can also be a real bitch. Never. Biggest misconception about you. Well, Bob and I have talked about this, and this was his biggest misconception of me, which was he thought I was way more prim and proper than I really am. Wow. There you go. That's insight. (laughs) What is your favorite holiday? I mean, I love I love Christmas. Isn't that everybody's favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Maybe not. Well, I'm, I well, the, the funny thing is, I, love to eat, so. I that's a good point. I Thanksgiving is the family and the food without all the presents. And even though gifts happens to be my love language, I am pretty minimalist. So I don't love like all the presents at Christmas time. So I'm, I'm with you on Thanksgiving. And you usually start with a run. People don't do that at Christmas. Like go Boulevard Bolt it in the morning and then that race is awesome. Stuff your face. That literally may be my favorite answer. What is the purpose of life? Oh, 
I recently like went through this exercise of like what my values are and a couple things that jumped out at me that I feel like are important is one of them was contribution. So how can I contribute to the community, to the world? And then obviously, I think as a parent, I've got two kiddos, a seven and a nine-year-old, and I almost got real emotional just by saying that. But you just, you want so badly for your kids to be kind. I'm like getting emotional. (laughs) They are. They're good ones. I think as a parent, your purpose becomes less about you and becomes more about what can I teach these kids? How can I raise them to be good, kind humans and you start thinking more about like what their place in the world is going to be yeah so kindness is an awesome thing Lo- love kindness love all right three more questions I'm okay gonna, i'm gonna ask okay super sorry quick, and no no, no you're, you're doing great you're, you're doing <laughs> awesome i just want you to i want you to come with these answers really quick okay. are you ready okay who is your favorite fleet feed employee of all time drew jones who is your favorite interview of all time drew jones who is your favorite person with the initials dj of all time I think this one. Oh, Drew Jones. Yes. Yes. You Did crushed. I pass? What was your time on speed sessions? Oh, right there? oh, shoot. Let me see. Let me go back to it was 10 minutes and wow. four seconds. 10 minute, four second mile on speed sessions. You did wonderful. Awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you for being on running the 615, Christy Absolutely. Beth. Uh, I've been excited about getting this podcast started. I knew when I started thinking about it that you would be one of the first guests. Thank you for helping me get started in the running industry. It's literally one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I know I've already said that, but I love working in it. I love you know, just being a part of this community and you are the one who got that started. So thank you very much for that. Thank you for having me, Drew. And I am super proud of you. And I will tell you one thing I love because you do this. I think you do this when you're maybe out on the road and visiting different accounts, but every couple months or so, I will get like a two minute voicemail from you. And you are so full of gratitude. And you just say how much you love the running industry. And thank you so much for hiring me at Fleet Feet. And those are hands down my favorite voicemails. You're just so full of gratitude. And you're so thankful. And and I love getting those. So thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you for being here. You're going to get a new voicemail (laughs) for being on this podcast before the end of the month. Awesome. Thanks I'll decline your next call then. So yes. You can leave me a voicemail. If you see me calling, decline. Thanks, CB. Thanks, Drew.